name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The epistle today teaches us that the Christian life is to be understood in the light of the exodus of Israel from Egypt in the Old Testament. Israel was, quote, baptized into Moses in the Red Sea as we were baptized into Christ. Israel was fed by manna from heaven and water from a rock as we are fed by the body and blood of Jesus in the Eucharist. However, despite these gifts and graces, the Israelites were overcome by temptation in the wilderness. This teaches us that our baptism and our reception of the sacrament do not guarantee our entry into the kingdom of God, our future inheritance. We can also be overcome by temptation and overthrown. St. Paul writes, quote, These things happen to them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. The wilderness was a time of testing that prepared the people of Israel to enter the promised land. The Christian life is a time of testing that is preparing us to enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is already here. We are already, in a sense, in the kingdom through the gift of the Holy Spirit. But it is not yet fully here. The central task of the Christian life is to follow the Holy Spirit through the wilderness as the Israelites were led by the cloud and the pillar of fire and not to be distracted and thrown off course by temptation and sin. John Bunyan's classic book, The Pilgrim's Progress, comes to mind here. The goal is to remain faithful through trial so as to make it into God's new creation. This framework for understanding teaches us that nothing in this world is ultimate. We can be content with things in this world only in as much as we receive them as gifts from God and as foretastes of the coming kingdom of God. This is a sacramental perspective. We receive Christ in the sacrament. However, the sacrament also points us beyond the sacrament itself to the coming of Christ in person. What we receive now is meant to sustain us as we wait for his coming in person, for its future fulfillment. The sacramental perspective stands in contrast with the perspective of the world. The world offers us the creation as the end, as the goal of life. The world sells us non-sacraments. Get this thing, the relationship, the sex, the fulfillment of appetite, money, power, pleasure, and you will be happy. The purpose of the wilderness is to wean us from this idolatry. Someone observed that it took God a week to 
to lead Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to remove Egypt from the Israelites. Baptism and conversion of heart may occur in relatively short seasons of time, but it takes a lifetime to reorient our disordered desires. The Israelites who died in the wilderness represent our fallen human nature that must die to make room for our new human nature remade in the image of Christ. The key to resisting temptation is understanding the lie that is presented to us. Temptations promise us things they can never give us. God wants much more for his children in his kingdom. Many Christians struggle with their faith because they do not understand, do not embrace this framework that this life is a wilderness of testing. Many Christians have embraced the world's idea that we should pursue happiness now above all else and that all pain should be avoided in the pursuit of that happiness. If we try to follow God through the wilderness into his kingdom and also try to pursue happiness in this world right now as our ultimate goal, these two vocations will clash and one will eventually give way to the other. The wilderness highlights the importance of the spiritual discipline of fasting. We must learn to say no to things if we want to learn how to say yes to God. Fasting is a way we practice saying no. Many Christians have a fear of fasting, a fasting phobia, if you will, for two reasons, I think. First, if you believe that having everything you want will make you happy, it makes no sense to willingly go without something you want. You want. Won't that make you unhappy? Second, fasting calls to mind extreme forms of asceticism, like the Eastern father, St. Simon the Stylite, who lived his life atop a pillar, seldom ate and never bathed. Does God want us to be like that? This first fear is overcome by learning that having everything we crave and want does not make us happy. In fact, it makes us miserable. Learning to say no is essential to living a contented life in Christ. However, we are often unable to say no. Thus, we must practice saying no if we want to grow spiritually stronger. The fear of asceticism we overcome by understanding that God probably won't call you to live your life on a pillar, eat seldom, and never, never bathe, but God probably will call you, God does call you, to practice saying no to things so that you can gain control of your appetites. We have seasons of fasting, Advent and Lent, when we say no to things for an extended season extended period to make room for a renewed experience 
of Christ in the major feasts of Christmas and Easter. A good regular discipline is to practice some form of fasting at least a day a week. Whatever you are too attached to, food, electronics, entertainments, you know what it or what they are for you. Go without it for at least a day a week. One day a week, practice saying no. And start small. For most people, simply eating nothing between meals would be a good way to start. Practice that from time to time. It is unfortunate that in the most overindulged culture in human history, most Christians have almost no regular practice of fasting. It is one reason so many Christians are overcome by so many things, including an attitude of discontentment. We can't resist temptation merely by saying no when the trial is upon us. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights before he faced temptation in the wilderness. An athlete practices before the game. We must prepare for the spiritual battle by fasting and prayer as a habit of life before we face our temptations. The epistle says, quote, No temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will, with the temptation, provide a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The way of escape may be the regular practice of fasting combined with prayer that increases our ability to say no to things and yes to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.